the city's rental market has officially bounced back and the demand has increased so much so that landlords are being incredibly picky. In some cases, maybe asking questions that they're not legally able to ask, but they're doing it anyways to find the perfect candidate to rent their building. Just to give you an example here, there's a woman named Kendra Chaplin. She is pretty much what most people would consider an ideal tenant. She's a registered massage therapist, has a good job, a good credit score, strong rental history, references are good. She goes to Liberty Village to take a look at a one-bedroom unit. It's 482 square feet. The rental cost is uh, $2,115 a month. And she was told by the leasing agent that she would need to make at least $76,000 a year to rent it. She um, That was in her application. Before her application would be considered, she would have to make $76,000 a year, even with a good credit score and proven employment. Forget about your references. She was also told that she'd need a guarantor who made at least 100000 a year on the lease agreement. Imagine that. Used to be if they, uh, the landlord, if you had first and last, you had a good credit rating and references and a job, they'd be happy enough with it. I actually don't remember. I, I remember offering information as to where I worked full time, but I don't remember any questions when I was renting in the city getting into how much do you have? By the way, she said that in the exchange as well, the leasing agent uh, asked her how much money she had in her bank account. And she said, I didn't have as much as he wanted. He wanted at least $7,000. Now, according to a human rights commission, uh, applying rent to income ratios is illegal unless the landlord is providing subsidized housing. And that's not happening because that's how they base, you know, who is who who qualifies for subsidized housing, right? They have to know how much you're making. And uh, the so the CBC who had done this story asked the property management company, which is called Bental Greek Green Oak, uh, about this story and about asking that woman for information like that. And uh, they said that the, the rent to income standard that the junior leasing agent was talking about, he, he he unfortunately misspoke. However, in emails with the agent, it's not just a misspeaking here. Emails were sent back and forth, and uh, it said that she was under the qualifying income for the rental. Wow. Things have gotten intense in the rental market in Toronto. Sean Ziegelstein joins the show right now, a broker with Royal LePage. Uh, welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Appreciate it. Sean, how uh, how intense is the market right now for rentals in the city of Toronto? Well, there is just a ton of competition because we've got, um, when we're looking at condos just in the GTA area, so not even in the downtown core, but throughout the entire GTA right now, we're looking at about 4,600 properties on the market as of today. Now, that being said, Last month, we had 3,970 in the last 30 days that have actually leased. So right now, we've only got about a month, maybe five weeks worth of inventory, which that means that the landlords are really in full control because they're going to get lineups of tenants all the time for their properties that are listed. So what we used to see when it came to buying a house in the city of Toronto, lineups for people going in to look at them, we're seeing that now with rentals. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, you put a rental out on the marketplace and you're going to get people that are even applying sight unseen. So they they will send through their application even before seeing the property. They don't they don't need to look at it as far as they're concerned. They just want to get an offer in as quickly as they can when it hits the market. I was floored to find out this woman was asked how much money she has in her bank account. Um, what are you hearing as far as unusual requests go from landlords? Well, I, you know, I, I talked to the CBC about this and, and that interview aired yesterday. And, and it's funny what a lot of landlords are asking because they're questions that really they shouldn't be asking. You know, some have said, well, can I go to their place of employment and meet with their manager and find out if they're actually good people and they're making this money? Uh, some don't trust the employment letters that they're getting. They don't trust the pay stubs that they're getting. So they are asking for bank account balances and statements to actually prove it where none of that is is allowed. So I, I think the problem really is from a regulation standpoint, um, there's not enough manpower to really fight these landlords that are putting these requests out there. And a lot of the tenants that are so desperate to get into the marketplace will give them whatever they want to have. So is this an indication though, when landlords are asking uh, things like that, they want to find out if there's good people, that it's very hard to evict somebody who isn't a good tenant? Oh, it definitely is. Uh, There's so much controls in place right now that, you know, will affect a landlord's ability to to remove a tenant. And of of course, we know during uh, during the you know beginning of COVID and and throughout last year um, that there was a, you know, really a shutdown on the eviction process. So you couldn't uh, remove a tenant even if they weren't paying at that point. So I think that Landlords are now being extra cautious to make sure that people are are set up, uh, they are um, making money, they have the balance behind them, um, they've got a guarantor, for example, for that uh, the one lady that you were talking about, the massage therapist, and, and they've got that in the background, so it's all looked after for them, and they don't have, I guess, the risk that they you know would have been t- would have had a, about a year and a half ago. So landlords are making some, in my case, in what I see, unreasonable uh, requests because some of them are illegal of uh, of people that could be uh, potential renters. But what lengths are renters going to 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 actually win the favor of some of these landlords? What have you heard? They're doing anything from you know offering a full year's rent up front. Uh, so they'll walk in, and if you've got a, a property that's a couple thousand dollars a month, they'll say, "Here you go. I'll give you twenty five thousand dollars right up front. Pays you for the entire year. You don't have to worry about the thing. You're going to get paid." And you know they will walk in with a check certified or, or a bank draft and said, "Here you go. We're set and ready to go." I think that's the biggest thing that we're seeing a lot of without the request of a lot of landlords, but it's just the tenants that are saying, if I need to throw this money out there, I will do so. What a turnaround, because weren't we hearing at the height of the pandemic when people were trying to get out of the GTA that people, landlords were looking for people to rent their spaces, they were offering incentives like gift cards and stuff? Oh, they were, yeah. It, it, it's quite the change and a very quick change as well. So that's, you know, really within six months to go from one edge of the market to a complete opposite end where now there's fights over them and people just want to get in. And, you know, we've sent out applications for, for tenants that we think are, these are AAA tenants. These are great, great people. We've known them. We'll vouch for them because, you know, maybe it's a family member of a uh, long-term client of ours. Maybe it's their kid who wants to rent a property and we've known them for 15 or 20 years. 
um, and the questions that landlords are really making sure uh, that they ask are, A, are they allowed? No, not necessarily. But B, if you don't answer them, you have no chance of getting into the property anyways. Hmm. So, uh, you know, when it comes to a lawyer that I read uh, from the Advocacy Center for Tenants Ontario saying that you might want to make sure you know you're right as a renter and what landlords are allowed to ask, it doesn't matter uh, because if you turn around to the landlord and say, um, you're actually not able to, you are not legally allowed to ask me these questions, uh, kiss that apartment goodbye. Oh, I think so. And for the speed that even if you've got that knowledge there, I, I think once a landlord believes that they're dealing with someone that may ask the odd question, whether it's allowed or not, um, from a tenant standpoint, the landlord may get a little bit of a, a cold feet and say, well, you know what, I can go to somebody who's not going to ask me any of these questions and I can still ask, I can still ask them. So I, I think it's a little bit of a catch-22 that you want to know your rights. You want to be able to fight those rights. And with the Ontario Standard Rental Form now, does that help a little bit? Yes, it does. Uh, does it help people to get into a property? And then potentially, if the landlord continues to ask questions that they shouldn't be, can they then look at a, a legal avenue after the fact? Definitely. Um, and, and I had a client a few years ago and, you know, they were taken advantage of from a, a landlord who walked in and said, well, this is the new rent. And they said, OK, no problem. And then after the fact, they called me and said, Sean, the, the landlord has charged us, you know, an extra four hundred dollars a month. And I'm like, you're not allowed to do that. Let me deal with it. And then we dealt with it and it all got straightened out afterwards. Right. There are some experts that say the government inter- intervention right now is needed. We need to reestablish a balance in the retail uh, or in the rental market, rather, do, do you think that the province needs to step in and help create more affordable options? Well, I, I think that that's a great goal, um, but it doesn't help today. I think that if the if the government was to step in and do something, we're talking years down the road. And, and we talked about that with, you know, sales of homes and, and more, you know, properties, you know, affordable housing being available and such like that. These are long term plans. These are not short term plans and, and they wouldn't affect the short term at all. So I think it's great for, you know, some involvement. I think that there are um, opportunities out there to, you know, get a little bit better at at tracking things. But at the end of the day, uh, I think that, you know, advocacy groups are great, but they're not going to be able to fight the individual circumstances that are that are coming about when people are putting in applications. Sean, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and expertise. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Cheers. You too. Sean Ziegelstein is a broker with Royal LePage.